You have to stand up before you can see if anything good is going to happen. And number two, you can never underestimate the one who controls the agenda. Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sport product lines sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights, relied on by emergency professionals across America. Learn more about Nebo Tools at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now it's time to buckle your seatbelt and get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. This made me laugh, so I'm going to share this with you right here. Okay, the woman's husband had been slipping in and out of a coma for several months. Yet she had stayed by his bedside every single day. One day, when he finally came to, he motioned for her to come close As she sat by him, he whispered with his eyes full of tears, You know what? You've been with me through all the bad times. When I got fired, you were there to support me. When my business failed, you were right there. When we lost the house, you stuck right beside me. And now, when my health is failing, you're still by my side. And you know what else? What, dear, she gently said as she leaned over? I think you're bad luck. I can't help it. I liked it. A few years ago, I received a letter from a top executive at Walmart that invited me to a special meeting. In fact, it required me to be there. The letter said that Walmart would be sharing its future plans with the entire sporting goods industry. And at the bottom of the letter, it said, bring your latest new product to show us. Well, I thought that was kind of strange. We had already shown Walmart all of our latest stuff, and they hadn't bought any of it. But my brother Glenn and I put our heads together, and we came up with a new product idea just in case I was put into a position where I had to have something to show. So I get to Walmart headquarters, and I go to this large auditorium to find hundreds of executives from just about every sporting goods company in America. And after the CEO of Walmart spoke for a few minutes, the executive over sporting goods grabbed the microphone and screamed, Who has a new product to show us? Well... To my absolute amazement, nothing happened. Complete silence in the auditorium. Finally, after what seemed to be an eternity, I stood up. And the executive said, Hello, Bob. What do you have to show us? So I pulled this product out of a little plastic bag, and I began to 
a little show and tell about it. And before I even finished, he said, I love it. We'll buy it. We'll take 40,000 units. I sat down in shock. I couldn't believe I got the order. Then, as he kept talking, it hit me, and the light went off in my head. I had just received a huge order, not because Walmart was impressed with my product, and certainly not because my sales pitch was very smooth, but simply because I was the first to stand up. You see, I had fit into their agenda that day. They were wanting to make a point to their suppliers that they could make a quick decision. And I was the beneficiary of that agenda. Well, I learned two very important life lessons that day. The first one is this. You have to stand up before you can see if anything good is going to happen. And number two, you can never underestimate the one who controls the agenda. Now, I guess I could have learned that lesson a little earlier in life if I had paid attention to the Scriptures because there's a story that takes place on an ancient battlefield with thousands of Philistines on one side and thousands of Israelites on the other, cowering in fear to an intimidating giant. But there was one shepherd boy who wasn't afraid to stand up and step out in the name of God Almighty to fulfill his destiny, bring honor to God and victory to his people. Young David knew who controlled the agenda you see. But nothing good would have happened that day if he didn't stand up first. You know, we like to think that David was special, but David was just a man with special faith. And God can use you and me today just like he used David then. I know many of you have hopes and dreams and a vision for your future. Maybe today is your day to stand up and step out in Jesus' name. Failures are meant to be tough pills to swallow, and they're meant to be hard lessons learned. But in the kingdom of God, they are not to destroy you. Find out next what to do with them. Over 900,000 moms per year choose to abort their baby and 85% of them are single moms. It's hard to choose life when you're feeling alone, but Embrace Grace has a goal to change that. Embrace Grace equips and empowers churches to start support groups around the nation and the world to walk alongside moms with unintended pregnancies. With over 400 support groups in churches around the nation, lives are being saved. Partner financially with Embrace Grace today. For just $25 per month, your gift can help train leaders of a church to find moms that need help. For $100 per month, your gift can help reach and inspire more churches to start a group. And for $250 per month, your gift can launch a group at a church. Together, we can help her be brave and ensure that no single mom walks alone. 
Go to EmbraceGrace.com for more information on how you can partner with Embrace Grace to save them both. EmbraceGrace.com. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. Does, does anybody ever feel like you are a failure? Except me. Or besides me. Well, I want you to know that maybe you're struggling financially. Or maybe you're going through problems with a broken relationship. Maybe you're even battling an addiction. Whatever it is. You know, I want to tell you that you're not a failure. You may be trying really hard. But it's just obvious that things aren't getting better. So you tell yourself, I'm a failure. But I want you to know today that you are not a failure. You just have the wrong perspective on failure. You see, everyone fails. It's a natural human quality to fail. To err is human, goes the old saying. But, but what happens is when things aren't working out for us, it's easy to transfer the circumstance of our failure to our being a failure. And that's another mistake that we just don't need to make. Because failure is a necessary element in our lives for us to grow. And failure is an especially important ingredient to your eventual success. Successful people will always tell you that every failure is a stepping stone to their success. So we're going to fail. And we're we're going to mess up. But it doesn't mean we're a failure. You only have to go back to last Monday night's football game, the Dallas Cowboys-New York Giants. To illustrate my point. How many saw the game? So here we have Drew Bledsoe, our veteran quarterback. He's marching us down the field and he's just a few yards from scoring a touchdown and getting us back in the game. And then with, with, with one quick reflex decision, he throws a bad pass. It's intercepted. And that failure leads to his being replaced and losing his job as a starting quarterback. And if he listens to the hundreds of hours of media talk about this, or reads the miles of newspaper print about this, he would have to believe that he's a complete failure. But let me ask you, do you think that Drew Bledsoe should consider himself a failure because of one bad pass in a career that spans 14 years in the NFL record books a number of times for his passing skills? Well, I don't think so. And I think the fact that Mr. Bledsoe gets paid pretty well to do what he does and the fact that he's a good family man and he's got He's active in many charitable organizations, and I don't know all the, all the rest of very much about his life. But I think that he should have some perspective that he's not a failure. The truth is, he simply had a setback in his work. And you know, Simon Peter, the disciple, he was a confident man. And after connecting with Jesus Christ... He was convinced he was the one that the Lord could always count on. And he told him so. Even when Jesus 
told Peter that he would deny him three times before dawn. Peter didn't believe him. But when put to the test, Peter failed miserably, just as the Lord had predicted. And the word says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. And I'm sure he considered himself a complete failure. But later in the book of John, it tells us that after the resurrection of Christ, the Lord appeared several times to the disciples and Peter was there. And the third time the Lord appeared was when Peter and some disciples went fishing. And they were out fishing and they heard a guy from the shore say, Hey, have you guys caught anything? No, they answered, not, not paying much attention. And then the guy on the shore said, well, well, throw your nets on the other side and you'll catch them then. And so they did. And all of a sudden, there were fish everywhere. They were just jumping into the net. And one of the disciples said, that guy... It's the Lord. And before he could get the words out of his mouth, Peter just jumped in the water, clothes and all, headed straight to Jesus. He let the other guys fall in the fish. You see, Peter showed us right there the most important thing that we need to know about failure. And that is that our failures don't determine who we are. But it's what we do after we fail that most defines us. Our failures, they're meant to be tough pills to swallow. And they're meant to be hard lessons learned. But in the kingdom of God, they are not to destroy us. Your failures are not to destroy you. Peter knew he failed. But he also knew that he loved the Lord. And he wanted another chance. And that's why I don't think it's... It's a coincidence that the same day that Peter jumped in the water to get to Jesus, the Lord asked Peter if he loved him three times. You see, as many times as Peter could fail him, Jesus was going to encourage him and challenge him to a life of glorifying God. And what Christ did for Peter in spite of his failure, he would do for all of us. So you are not a failure. You are a winner in Jesus Christ today. And you just need to hold on. If you're having failure in your life right now, you just need to hold on. And you need to remember this scripture, which is Pastor Dez's favorite. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to think about money all the time? Coming up, learn how facing financial struggles is part of the journey God has put us on. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. We'll return after these messages from our sponsor. They say it takes two to tango, but it only takes one Nevo Tools Tango to provide two high-power light sources and also serve as a power bank for your USB-powered devices. This fully rechargeable work light is lightweight yet rugged and features a seven-position arm that rotates 180 degrees, functioning as a hanging hook, carry handle, or kickstand. Use the 250-lumen spotlight, the 750-lumen work light, or combine in turbo mode for 1,000 lumens of intense illumination, the Tango. Just one of the many reasons why Nebo is the leader in lighting innovation. 
We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. According to the New York Times, the Verizon company will receive over a billion dollars of bailout stimulus money to bring uh, fast internet service to low-income areas around the country so soon people will be able to go online and see that they have no money in the bank at, six, at 768 kilobits per second. <laughs> I think it's great that how they're using all that money. You know, I've been a part of the tithes and offering time of the service for several years now, and by now, you know that I don't always talk about tithing and giving or money issues. Many times I'm just hoping to bring an encouraging word to some of you. But this morning, I want to remind us that this part of the service is very meaningful because it's not only a biblical directive for us to tithe and to give, but tithing and giving is something we all need to do. We need to do it for ourselves and for our own spiritual growth. And we especially need to give in difficult times. Let's talk about tithing for a second. Tithing, or giving 10% of our income, really isn't giving the same way. Tithing is an act of obedience. And it's important to God that we do it. And when we do it, we're acknowledging that everything we have belongs to God. And that's a good enough reason we should tithe. But the reason we need to tithe, say with me, need to tithe. The reason we need the tithe is because when we tithe, the remaining 90% of what we have is blessed. So while tithing is expected, it's also respected. But giving is also an important part of our life and is very important to God. Did you know that there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that reference money or possessions? In contrast, there are about 500 verses about faith and about 500 verses about prayer. And of the 38 parables that Jesus used, 16 of them had to do with money. In the Bible, the word give is used 2,285 times. That sounds like a lot. The word love appears 733 times. The message here is that what we do with and how we handle our money is a big deal in developing our relationship with the Lord. You see, God uses money to test us. And hear this. Amazingly, He allows us to use money to test Him. One of the reasons we need to give, say we need to give. Well, that was, in, that was really enthusiastic. <laughs> say with me, we need to give. Is because giving keeps our heart in the right place. What we give to defines our, our priorities. The Word says where our treasure is, our hearts will follow. And there is nothing better to defeat materialism in our life than giving. Giving affirms that old saying that the greatest things in life are not things. Another reason we need to give, say we need to give. We need That's better, thank you. We need to give simply to benefit other people. Since the beginning of time, 
there has always been those who are in great need. And the Lord made it clear that the church, that's us, are supposed to help them. We're not to share the gospel with them and just stop. We're to love them. And we're to share with them in tangible ways. The old saying is that you can, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. We also need to give. So we can see God's principles and truths manifested directly into our own life. Let me say that again. We need to give so we can see God's principles and truths manifested directly in our own lives. The Word says, Give, and it will be given to you in good measure. Press down, shaken together, and running over and pouring over into your lap. We need to give so we can experience that in our own life. And finally, we need to give. Because giving glorifies God. You see, giving really is an act of worship. Just like praising Him is. The Word says it's more blessed to give than receive. And giving is a way that we can tangibly show our gratitude for all that He has already given us. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to think about money all the time? I mean, we didn't have to try and make ends meet, have to provide all the needs for our families. I mean, I know we feel that way. But you see, that struggle, that challenge to meet all the demands of the day is part of the journey that God has put us on. And when we labor in the field and earn our wage and are still faithful, in spite of our financial struggles, He places in our hearts the desire to give what we can, knowing that it takes faith to do it. And that's when something special happens. That's when we go, grow stronger in the Lord. That's when His principles about money and prosperity are activated in our lives. And that's why we need to give. So giving is important, and we need to do it well. The Apostle Paul said this, See that you excel in this grace of giving. Now I happen to know, in case you don't, that Bethesda has always been a generous and giving place. Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. 
Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights relied on by emergency professionals across America. Trusted by many at work, home, or play, let Nebo light your way. Learn more about Nebo Tools at onthebrightside.org or call 847-312-8197.